Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk for Season 3, Episode 14. Not quite what I was hoping for this podcast to be. I was hoping to be talking about a big win over the Cyclones and things just did not go the Hawkeyes' way. And we're going to get into those details in a little bit. But pardon my voice as well. I made the trek to Iowa City. Had a great day of tailgating. Visited the Iowa Swarm tailgate for a little bit at the courtyard by Marriott as well, right there over near Kinnick. That's a really cool place. They had a, a party at the rooftop bar overlooking Kinnick Stadium. And talked to Connor McCaffrey there. Some of the other players, DeSante Bowen was there. Aaron Eulis, Philip Rebracha. Um, gosh, I'm missing one. Peyton Sanford, yeah. So that was really cool. Got to talk to some of those guys. Connor has really transformed his body. He just seems leaner uh, he said he's been just working out and lifting and and it's gonna be interesting to see how that translates on the court for season six for Connor McCaffrey but my voice is feeling the effects of basically yelling every time Iowa State had the football and so I'm trying to recover from that my voice is just a little bit but we made our way into Kinnick and it was just electric in there what an incredible stadium Stadium is and the fans are so passionate it's just too bad the product that's going out on the field on the offensive side of the ball is just so bad right now it's really hard to watch and fans are frustrated well Iowa's defense is very good but you just can't keep running them out there expecting them to get a stop every single time the game started with such excitement first possession for Iowa State blocked punt by Lucas Van Ness and the Hawkeyes capitalized with a touchdown after just two plays. Both LaShawn Williams runs, first a seven-yarder, and then a nine-yard TD. And it seemed like this was going to be a little bit different game. The line's blocking, and Iowa State seems pretty soft on the inside there. But that was just after two plays. But then both teams punted before they exchanged fumbles. Petrus was sacked and fumbled, and he just needs to protect the football. You can't be giving the football to the other team like that. And then Iowa uh, had been in Iowa State territory, so it, it was too bad, but Iowa State drove down to the Iowa one-yard line before Jarrell Brock fumbled at the one-yard line. Logan Klemp dove on it. Just really seemed like everything was favoring Iowa with Iowa State getting zero points from the one-yard line. Just a crazy play watching that ball pop up into the air, into the end zone, and then the Hawkeyes covered it up. But one of the big differences in this game was third down efficiency. Iowa was really poor. Iowa State converted 50% of its third downs, many on some really nice passes from sophomore quarterback Hunter Deckers. Iowa State went on a 76-yard drive, but the Hawkeyes did hold them to a field goal. So the Cyclone offense was moving the ball, and the Iowa offense wasn't able to move the ball at all. And then both teams had interceptions prior to the end of the half. And it ended, the half did, with the Hawkeyes up 7-3. to three. But, man, Iowa State, after that Petrus interception, he really threw it into triple coverage there. And Iowa State had the ball at the 12-yard line. And Cooper DeGene got the touchdown-saving interception, really closed quickly on the ball and got the touchback. Then the Hawkeyes just kneeled on it to go into the half. But Petrus was struggling so much in this game. I was sure the coaches 
would go to Padilla in the second half. The offense could not get any worse. My only explanation is they kept him in because Iowa was winning 7-3, to so Spencer was leading the Hawkeyes to a victory at halftime, but he really had no hand in the seven points, and he was just struggling out there and just seems to have lost any feel for the game of football right now as far as the quarterback position. Well, the Hawkeyes started off the second half of the three and out. That was pretty much the theme at this point. But Terry Roberts got an interception. If he would have kept his feet, he maybe could have gone all the way or at least gotten the Hawkeyes into field goal range. And, I mean, it's just sad. Iowa had the ball at midfield there. Only got one yard of offense with that great field position. You need to turn those turnovers into points, but the anemic offense just isn't allowing the Hawkeyes to do that. That would have really put the game away. Um, they need to take a shot down the field, have some more imagination on offense than they do right now. It's just just really vanilla what they're running. And Lucas Van Ness, another blocked punt, and the Hawkeyes are in business, taking over at the ISU 20-yard line. They actually moved the ball inside the red zone, and they had a third and two that they converted on, rare third down conversion. And it could have been a touchdown. Arlen Bruce caught the pass. Looked like he was streaking into the end zone. He's going to dive into the corner, but he slipped and fell at the three-yard line. Frustrating because we've just seen this so many times where Iowa stalls inside the red zone, have to settle for field goals. But it's for first and goal from the three, so that should be pretty easy for the Hawkeyes. Looked like Gavin Williams was going to score. He was he was hit, fell short of the end zone at the one-yard line. Second and goal at the one. To me, it's an easy call here. It's a quarterback sneak. The Hawkeyes have done it time and time again. Easy touchdown. But instead, it was a handoff to Monty Potabom. He reached over the goal line, and it was obviously a touchdown, or at least it seemed like it to me, before he lost the ball. But the refs on the field, unfortunately, called it a fumble instead of seeing the ball just cross the goal line. And they reviewed it, and, you know, just apparently it was inconclusive. So instead of 14-3 to and the game pretty much being over at that point, I mean, if you think about that, Iowa State is probably not going to score two touchdowns against that Iowa defense. But it stayed at 7-3, to Iowa State ball at the one-yard line. So now you're thinking, okay, time for a safety or at least – make them punt in a really uncomfortable situation out of the end zone with a punter way in the back of the end zone. But instead, Deckers engineered a 99-yard touchdown drive, and Iowa State converted on six third downs on that series, including the third and goal from the eight with a touchdown pass to Xavier Hutchinson. Iowa had three series after that, but just so incompetent on offense. They couldn't get a field goal to tie or a touchdown to win the game. But there was a, a really strange ending to the game. Uh, I, Iowa State threw a pass in the rain with 38 seconds remaining. It was incomplete on fourth down. The clock would have stopped anyway for change of possession there. But then three Petrus incompletions in the rain, and a 14-yard pass to Alec Wick, and two penalties by Iowa State. They almost... Gave this game away. They had an offsides and then an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Then a nine-yard pass to Sam Laporta gave the Hawkeyes a chance at a game-tying field goal. But it was a 48-yarder in the rain with a new kicker, Aaron Blom, and it was not to be. Iowa State gets the win 10-7, to 
the Hawkeyes didn't score any points after the touchdown with two minutes and 39 seconds into the game. So the Hawkeyes offense couldn't muster any other points other than the one time they were given the ball the 16-yard line after a blocked punt. Really a bummer, but let's take a look at some of the stats and where Iowa felt short in this game. Fell short in this game. The loss was on the offense, converting just 11 first downs to 21 for Iowa State. Iowa State was 10 of 20 on third downs. The Hawkeyes just 3 of 11. Total yards, 313 for Iowa State. That's a pretty good defensive effort for the Hawkeyes, while just 150 yards of offense for the Hawkeyes, and that includes 23 yards on that very last drive of the game. Petrus was 12 of 26, 46% completion rate, very poor. Should be closer to 60% at least. Deckers was 66% at 25 of 38, and he's just a sophomore starting his second game. You just wonder, you know, is it personnel? Is it the offense? Is it the quarterback? And I think it's a little bit of each of those, to be honest, at this point. Too many guys on the offense are injured. The offensive line's not playing as well as they should. Petrus is missing passes. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's Petrus or the plays that they're running, but they're just refusing to go downfield to try to open things up. 129 yards rushing for Iowa State, 58 for Iowa how can the Hawkeyes be this bad at running the football? But, you know, they can't pass the ball, so teams just stack it up inside. And you know, still that offensive line just needs to step up and get nasty in there, find a way to pave some holes. But two games in, and I, there's zero explosive plays that I can recall for the Hawkeyes. Both teams with three turnovers and a bit of a sloppy game, the Hawkeyes will, would win easily without turnovers, but State fans would say the same if they had lost with three turnovers, with two just as they were on the doorstep about to put some points on the board. Time of possession was 38 minutes for Iowa State to just 22 by the Hawkeyes. Iowa cannot sustain drives and and give the defense some time to rest. And it's just really getting tough to watch this offense and hard to get behind. Ryan Ferentz and what he's trying to do here. For the Cyclones, it was Hunter Deckers with 184 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions, and he's going to be a good player for them. Jarrell Brock had 27 carries, 100 yards, averaging 3.7 yards per carry. He ripped one off for 15 yards. Deckers, you know, he was also able to get some positive yards with his feet, which is another benefit that he brings to their offense. Xavier Hutchinson, 11 catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. I didn't really notice Will McDonald. You know, everyone's been talking about him, the defensive end, um, but he did have two tackles in the game looking at the stat sheet. Petrus, as I mentioned, well below 50% completion rate, and an offense just can't move the ball consistently with that type of performance. He had 92 yards, one bad interception where he tried to squeeze the ball into a small window into triple coverage. LaShawn Williams, 14 carries, 34 yards. Got to see Caleb Johnson, the true freshman, a little bit. Four carries for 13 yards. And then Gavin Williams had a couple carries. He played sparingly, but hoping to see him at close to full strength at least next week. Laporta and Lachey, the tight ends, with eight and two catches respectively. Petrus, 
seems to be able to really just hit the tight ends. He rarely targeted, well, he targeted the wide receivers, but rarely connected. Wick and Bruce each had one catch. On the defense, Cooper DeGene was all over the field, 11 tackles. He had the nice interception. Seth Benson had 10 tackles. Moss, Campbell, and Quinn Schulte all with nine. In just one sack for the Hawkeyes, it was John Wagner and three total tackles for loss. Torrey Taylor, six punts, averaged 50 yards with two inside the 20. Not quite as dialed in as we're used to. Seeing with him, he did have some really nice kicks and, and a couple that rolled into the end zone, but good day from him. And then Aaron Blom, as I mentioned, 0 of 1 on field goals. Kind of a difficult situation, a really difficult situation from 40 yards out, 48 yards out in driving rain. Well, where do the Hawkeyes go from here? After the South Dakota State game, I called for Alex Padilla to take over at quarterback. Just, just let's try something new. It just wasn't working last week. Just Spencer is missing too many open guys or not scanning the field quickly enough to find the open guys. And the fundamentals just seem to be lost for Petrus. When he's being rushed or hurried just a little bit, it seems like he's throwing off his back foot when he's under pressure. And when he rolls out, he just loses his accuracy, it seems like. He has a difficulty throwing on the run. Just felt like he did not have confidence anymore when you're watching him these last two games. And I'm sure he's a great guy by, by everything you hear. Um, he, he's a great interview. He seems like a great teammate. Does everything the right way. But it just doesn't seem fair to keep him out there at this point. I know I'm not at practices every day, but we need to see what they can do when the lights are on. And After that first half, I thought they were going to bring in Padilla. Um, because it seemed like any quarterback could go in and the play wouldn't drop off from what we saw in that first half. But they stayed with Petrus, and the Hawkeyes just couldn't muster any points in the second half. I get it. Spencer practices well, but practicing well, you know, that's great. But it means nothing if you can't bring it when the lights go on and it's game day. And he's proven time and again that he just really can't perform on the big stage. It's a real bummer. I want Spencer to do well. I want him to win games as the Hawkeye quarterback. But I don't want them to win games because the Iowa defense and special teams are good and they're winning in spite of the offense. I want the offense to move the ball. I want to see big plays. I want to go down the field with the football, convert third downs, score in the red zone, and it's just not happening. But who's at fault for this? I mean, why is the offense just horrible? I mean, let's call it what it is. It's horrible. Is it Brian? Is it Spencer? Or both? And it's probably both. But you just have to start at the top. I mean, Kirk Ferentz probably has a little bit of hand in this too with his conservative style. But come on, Brian, football cannot be made this hard. It just is not this hard. Watch other games. See how teams can run the ball. See how they can pass and catch the ball. I don't know why offense has gotten so hard for Iowa lately. And Brian's the coach's son, so he's he's not going to get fired anytime soon. But how do you justify keeping him around at this point? And injuries, I do know, are a big factor. There have been a lot. But why can't guys step up? Where's the depth? Why can't they find plays for the personnel that they have? You know, that's what coaches are there to do. And here's Brian's report card so far this year. If you look at total offense, the Hawkeyes are last in the FBS Division I, 
Scoring offense is dead last as well. And those are two pretty important things for an offensive coordinator. The pass offense and rush offense are fourth from last in the nation. Passing efficiency is last. Basically, every category is in the 125 to 131 range, and there's a total of 131 teams in that division. So the scorecard or, or report card is an F-minus, if there's such a thing as an F-minus. It's, it's as bad as it can get right now. We're in last in all these categories, or very close to last in everything. It's just crazy. So where do they go from here? Eight quarters of football with just one offensive touchdown. One touchdown total, but offensively, it is so anemic. Spencer Petras is 23 of 51 for 201 yards, two interceptions in Iowa's first two games. That's 45% completion rate. He's been 10 to 12 percentage points better than that the past two seasons. How this offense can struggle this mightily to just complete a short pass or run for four yards a pop, maybe bust a long run, hit one long pass down the field per game, or two. I mean, it's just amazing. You watch other games, and then you see what Iowa's doing. Kirk Ferentz said they felt it was best for Petrus to continue through the whole game, referencing you know not sitting him down at half, and that that was the best opportunity to get the win in his estimation. He would not say if Petrus would start next week, and I just really don't think he's going to. It's time to give someone else the reins, someone who can make some plays with their legs, extend plays, go down the field with the ball, and if another quarterback comes in and can't get it done, that's just more evidence that the offensive scheme is broken. You know, It's like, likely personnel, too, with the injuries, but coaches are supposed to have players ready to play. I don't care if you're second string or third string. At a position, if you're if it's your time to go, the coaches need to have you ready and trust you to go out there and do your thing. So Brian Ferentz, as an offensive coordinator, is just not getting it done. And how is the rest of the year going to shake out? Hopefully, it'll be a three TD or more win next week against Nevada, and they can work on some things on that offense. If it's another seven point performance, look out! It's going to get really ugly, even if it's ten points. 14 points, 17 points. That's just not good enough. Let's see what Padilla can do. It's time to pull out anything to get this offense going. If they don't, this is not going to be the 10-win team I predicted going into the season. You know, I was trusting the things I heard about an improved offense. This may be closer to a double-digit loss season. I don't think that's going to happen. I think with the defense, the Hawkeyes should be closer to 500, even if the offense doesn't get incrementally better. But it is going to be hard to watch if changes aren't made soon. And if Iowa ends up with one of the worst offenses in the nation again this year, boy, I think at the end of the season, it's going to be time for a change at that offensive coordinator position. I think they just have to do it. It's game two, so I'm going to reserve judgment on that. But a lot of schools maybe would even get rid of their offensive coordinator at this point in the season with this kind of production. Two games in. Iowa is dead last in total yards per game at 316. Just unbelievable after playing an FCS team and an Iowa State team that lost so many players off the defense last season. And the Hawkeyes should have been able to put up all kinds of points on Saturday. Iowa State played SEMO last week. 
Southeast Missouri. I don't even know if I'd, if I'd ever heard of them before then. They're an FCS squad, and they're not at the same level as South Dakota State. They're not a team that's in the playoffs every year. And the SEMO quarterback threw for 222 yards against Iowa State and a touchdown. He completed 50% of his passes, 19 completions. They also ran for 98 yards, had a guy with 12 carries for 74 yards, which is a 6.2-yard average. So SEMO at Jack Trice Stadium had a much better offensive performance than the Hawkeyes did. They ran up 320 total yards, 5.3 yards per play, and had the ball on offense for 27 minutes. Iowa's offense is broken. They need a spark. Let's see what Padilla can do on Saturday. And if that doesn't do anything to inject some life into that offense, maybe maybe some guys are getting healthy. Maybe the line will take another big step forward. But, man, after next week, it is Big Ten time, and I don't feel good about game one in the Big Ten now after seeing Iowa over the last couple of weeks. It's the Hawkeyes traveling to Rutgers. Rutgers beat Boston College on the road 21-20 to in its first game of the season then rolled to a 66-7 win over Wagner this weekend. I cannot picture the Hawkeyes putting up 66 points against any team. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Hopefully they can, they can start getting some guys healthy. They can, they can start completing some passes. The offensive line gets more cohesive, and they can move the ball better. We're going to keep cheering for the Hawks, but it's really hard right now. With this offense just being so bad, they need to need to get a big win, scoring a lot of points, getting the offense rolling on Saturday night, and then keep it rolling into the Big Ten against Rutgers the following week. It's going to be an interesting season for sure. Really disappointing not to get wins seven in a row over the Cyclones, but it's just hard to win with such little production from the offense. Let's get it turned around, Iowa, and start it off with scoring some some big points on Saturday. Go Hawks!